Hi folks, uh, Callum and I have both recently returned from the United States, not on the same journey. Uh, we were both there for tourism in different areas. And so I thought we'd just have a conversation on our observations of the United States as compared to a normal country like Britain. Because I found it very interesting and like there are just parts of America and American culture that are just very strange to me and just very different to here. And I think that a lot of people in America don't realize that their culture is odd in some ways to what I think is, I guess maybe it's kind of a new world, old world distinction, something like that. But a lot, a lot of places in the old world are much more understandable to me than places in the new world. Does that make sense? 100%. Absolutely yeah. 100%. So, I mean, do you want to begin by just telling us where you were? So the places I went was uh, upstate New York and then Florida. I went to a place called Largo. So that's that's the two locations I was at. Yeah. What about you? Weren't, you weren't hanging out with, with anyone interesting? No. In no, Florida? no, no. no okay. um, I went to Miami, uh, then Maryland, then Dallas. Um, but I have been to... Mm. Maryland. Sorry, i got to visualize otherwise. Yeah, yeah. But I, I have been to Boston, New York, Salt Lake City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and San Luis Obispo, which is a sort of small city in California. Because you've been to America a lot. You've been yeah. fairly regularly, even. Yeah, yeah, yeah I have, yeah. Um, and so these are not like idle observations that I've made. I've made these repeatedly when, when I've been there. Um, so, when, so when I said there's an old world and new world distinction, what did you make from that? So the, the way they think about money, the Americans, it's almost like it's their spiritual world. Go on. And I know this is like a cliche of like, the Americans care about capitalism or something. It's yeah. not like that. It's that that's how they do love and, and meaning. They buy things pointless things, crap things, and, you know, I'm not saying they don't have amazing products, they certainly do. I mean, some of their products are better than ours. And it's not to say that isn't something that people in the old world do as well. No, but it's um, that outlook on life, the th new things and stuff means way more over there than it does here, mm. especially when you're giving it to someone. It's like, hey, I got you this thing, and it'll be some crap. And it's just like, yeah, I get crap from my Even dad. Even if it's not some crap. Yeah, you know, like, thing. <laughs> not trying to throw him under the bus or anything, but I'm thinking, you know, like your dad doesn't really know you yeah. when you're growing up that much because he's working, so he buys you some crap for Christmas or something, and you're like, all right, cool. But you both, there's no real expected meaning there, mm. in the same way there does seem to be for the Yanks to each other, in in the gift giving in that department, uh, and it, it seems to emulate more out. I haven't thought this through entirely, so that's probably why my words are a bit. It's all right. Think it through But. The, it, it's the small things as well that build up. Like when you learn about their houses or being made out of wood. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Like there's Terrifying. Te yeah, right, because A, often they're in places where the weather's really intense. And it's like, you live in a house made of wood? It's like, but, oh, I've got a basement. So what, don't that work? <laughs> your house just gets wiped away by a tornado and you're in the basement? And like, literally, yes. And then hopefully you can get out of the trash. And, yeah. And, but this is another thing as well, because there, there are signs for like termite control. I was like, what do you mean termite Oh, God, control? yeah. It's like, well, our house is made of wood. It's like, why your house is made of wood? <laughs> Make my bricks like everyone else. What's super weird, though, is that you think you've seen it in movies where they you know, fumigate the whole building with a big tent or whatever. Yeah. Like, I've seen that concept, but I've never experienced it ever as a problem or even someone talking about it. Mm. And then when someone does, you're just like, that's real? It, it's like finding out about the Indians and the toilets, where yeah. it's just like, this is actually a real problem. Not that it's... Yeah, like, I can't the same even imagine, level. like, my neighbor being like, oh, yeah, we've got termites. Well, eating what? <laughs> like, the, the dining room furniture. Like, well, this is really weird. Like, well, the thing that terrifies me is like, I'm thinking, you know, if you buy a house here, 
You're in America. Well, you've all got guns. Drive-by shootings happen. I know it's more of a city problem than anything else, but I, I don't want bullets coming through my house ever. Yeah. You know where I found that they didn't have wooden houses, or at least a lesser propensity for it? It was in Maryland and in Virginia, right? Where there's got sort of like the old English colonial style. So there were a lot of houses, actually, at least the fronts of them were made of stone or brick. Uh, whereas, I mean, there were still a lot of wooden houses around. But like, it was noticeable. They were kind of like manor houses uh, built out of stone. And so it felt a lot more like an old world country. And the, 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 the environment itself, the, the terrain, felt like it was European, actually. It was very green with forests that were you know, temperate forests. Mm. And it felt, it felt really nice, actually. Because up until that point, I'd never been there. And so it was either Boston, which is just, it's a dep just a depressing city. It looks a lot like London, right? It's just kind of... That's strange, because in my mind, I'm thinking that colonial stone American architecture could be wonderfully beautiful and be walkable and well, livable as well. It was, but that was in they Virginia, just... right? So okay. it, it was, and so it's... It, but they didn't have that in Boston at all. I mean, there were, there were like, you know, hot hangovers of that. But there was a lot of brutalism in Boston. You know, I noticed the brutalism and... Like a lot of, you know, in, my, in Florida, there's a lot of concrete, just ugly gray concrete around. And I'm like, this is weird. You know, why would you... Cause I mean, we, we have concrete in some cities like Birmingham. Miami looks not entire, entirely dissimilar to Birmingham in some ways. Like it's got a few, like, nice-looking sort of skyscraper, and it's got lots of nice-looking well, skyscrapers, where it's kind of like, you know, the blue, blue glass reflection and stuff like that, right? But then all around it are, like, concrete overpasses for cars and trains and stuff and so you've got this really looming especially if you're just walking around this looming brutalist looking concrete just overhanging everything and then above that you've got the sort of spires of the skyscrapers so it's just like this is weird and that that's miami in particular like in virginia it felt like an old english sort of countryside right you know in fact you know colonial era countryside it's not old english but like it, it was quite beautiful, actually. And a lot of the houses are very attractive. The countryside is lovely. And because I've had loads of Americans say, oh, come and live in America. And I've just been to lots of places in America and I just wouldn't like to live there just because I don't like the look of the place. Uh, but Virginia actually was lovely. And actually, I would live somewhere like that because it actually seems really nice. And there's a real tangible difference in the way that the people live there, right? So I've noticed that in the American cities I've been to, the people feel like nomads who are just in the city for a reason, right? They're just, I'm occupying this piece of land. It's in their day-to-day -day life as well, though, constantly. Yeah. I mean, we've got to mention it at some point, so let's throw it in here, the, the driving culture. Yes. The fact that you never walk anywhere. Yes. I can fully understand why Americans complain online sometimes about there are no walkable cities. I'm not sure they'd know what they do with them. It's too far anyway. The distances between buildings are just... Sure, but this is a choice. So this is, because um, I've got some relevance of this with Russia, yeah. where I've had serious experience there, and they do not, they've got, I think even bigger than the United States, the distances. But they just didn't make the choices in city planning mm. and everything else that the Americans did. Soviet Union and whatnot, you know, I know there's going to be impacts, yeah, yeah, yeah. but in the modern day, everyone can afford to buy a car, yeah. everyone does, everyone drives, but they don't have these ridiculously large supermarkets yeah. that could feed a billion people. And everyone drives there, but and then the next one, the next one. It's not just that. It's the distance that you have to take to get from one part of a city to another. Exactly. Like the, the space. I mean, and I'm not saying that it's not, if you've got a, a vast open area, why not 
be uneconomical with the space, right? And obviously coming from England, where we've got the complete opposite of that. But the Russians have the same option. Yeah. They've got big areas where you've got to walk and it's easier because, you know, you're not American-sized. Mm. I mean, the health differences are real. Yeah. But they didn't do it as bad as the Americans have to themselves in that respect. Yeah. It's, it's a necessity to drive in America. But it's annoying, you know, because, I mean, there, is, there are... But there imagine are being trees. a kid. Yeah, I know. Where are you gonna you're just screwed. You're just going to be walking forever if you want to go and see your yeah. mates and your dad's busy. And it's, it, I wouldn't want to ride a bike on American roads either. Like, they're just aggressive feeling, American roads, because the cars are huge. But it's the impact of that as well. It's, I, I know it's understandable, and that's how they're going to live, mm. and, and there's no changing that. Yeah, of near Set. Yeah. Madness. So for the people who think they're going to reform the entire country in that regard, no. Nonsense. But the effects it has are, are really not small, and that nomad aspect, I really felt it when you're constantly driving from place to place. Yeah. Like when you drive through France or you drive through England, you're up close and personal with things. The roads are small. You can see people and stuff mm. and houses and, and life in front of you. But when you're being driven from place to place in America, you are constantly on the motorway. Mm. That is what that feeling is on every bloody road. Yeah. And when you're driving just to go and get food, it's a motorway with lots of services. Yeah. Constantly. That's how I thought everywhere felt. In fact, all of the shops, you get these sort of small islands of like, you know, shops that you have to drive to because they're like three miles away from anything. And then you pull up, you go in, you get what you want, and you get back in your car and you leave. And it's perfectly rational to have that as the kind of civilization that America is. But in England and probably other places in the old world, you would just walk to the local shop because it would be in the housing estate, you know, where you're living, you know, where all the people are actually living. You just walk over to the shop, walk back like 10, 15 minutes or something. But in America, that's literally not an option because how you know the stuff is just miles away from where you're living anyway. That's the other weird design. Like when I go to the suburbs, I kept saying to people, like, can you not just build a little shop there? Yeah. And you've got you've got a huge area here where loads of residential. Mm. One little shop, have a truck turn up to deliver stuff. It doesn't have to be a big truck either. Yeah. Because it's a little shop. And just the concept was just like no, like well, everything has to be massively inconvenient. Actually, thank you. Because that's driving. a choice. That's not American yeah. culture. That's a you could do that. Of course, the Russians do it. We do it here. Like, <laughs> but the Russians got all this land. Yeah, they know. do live spread out, but yeah. they don't do what you do. Yeah, really weird, isn't it? And so, like, the 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 nomad culture of America, I find very interesting because they're just happy to just move anywhere at any time for any reason. And I'm just like, I don't really want that. You know, I actually like knowing the area I'm in, and that's another thing. So, okay. You, you can move somewhere, but you don't know anything about that place. So you've got to have a kind of culture that is predictable when you go to that place. And so the cities all kind of take on this kind of homogenizing aspect where it's all just... There's a kind of impersonality to American interactions that I find a bit jarring and I don't like. Mm. You know, like if I go to Yorkshire, I know I can expect a certain kind of accent, a certain kind of habit of turn of phrase from Yorkshiremen and they'll know that they can expect something different from me, but familiar in a way, right? But I know where I am. Whereas in America, there seems to be this kind of uniformly impersonal way of interacting. And it feels very sort of social contract to me, you know, where it's like, yes, sir, I'll do that. And it, but it, it's... Their, their politeness and that they speak slower, which makes them more understandable. It's a mm. good thing for them. But both of those aspects, I think you've hit on something there. Both seem to come from uncertainty with the person mm. they're interacting with, not because of some deep love of politeness or... Or just blah, a habit, blah. natural habit, you know? Yeah, it, it seems to be the natural habit because there's... You don't really know that person that well. And, and you don't know anything about them because you don't know if they're from this place, right? 
Because like if I and it might to... seem strange to say about a stranger, you should know about them. It's impossible, they're a stranger. But, but it's it's actually totally predictable. Because yeah. like I'm sure that if someone from St. Petersburg goes to somewhere else, you know, they've got a, a local character to the culture that is stereotypical and predictable. Like like I said, if I go to Yorkshire, I kind of actually know what to expect from a bunch of Yorkshiremen. If I go to Wales, I know what to expect from the Welsh. You know, if I go to Scotland, I know what to expect from the Scots. But if in America you go to you know one city on one side of the coast to another. You don't know that you're meeting natives from that place. I only met one Miami native in Miami. I was there for five days. And I met one person who was born in Miami. I met dozens of people. None of them were from Miami. Lots of them lived in Miami, but none of them were from there. So it's like, right, okay, that's really weird because now you've got this kind of mobile nomad culture. And so you need this very formal, impersonal way of dealing with one another. But I think that has a tangible effect on the love of the place that you have, right? Because if you are dealing with people who have always been born and raised in an area, you go there, if you know and like the mannerisms that they use, they become affectionate. You know, you get sentiments towards it. You, you know, you, the, the, the quirks and the sort of habits of it become something that feels familiar when you're inside of it. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, and to get to the football culture they have real quick... Mm -hmm. Obviously, American football, not actual football. Hmm. Their culture is so different, and also what we've spoken about with ethnic banter being so different. Hmm. I wonder if it comes from that aspect. The fact that there's the unfamiliarity, so everyone's got a certain way of talking that feels hmm. kind of impersonable. When hmm. they go to football games, they're so nice. Really? There's no <laughs> chance about who takes up the arse or, you know, who's eating rats and who's eating dogs and blah, blah, blah. What a wasted opportunity. They'll, they'll shout at each other. Apparently there are some rivalries that get somewhat violent, but it's yeah. so tame. It's it's almost yeah, yeah. comical, yeah. but then also boisterous and expensive and a spectacle. But for what reason? I mean, like, one of the worst things I've ever heard was the most famous American football chant, which is, I, I believe, I believe that, I believe that we... I believe that we will. I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. Crap. Utter dog S. But it's so polite. Yeah. It's so nice. Everyone's getting along, which they see as a massive positive, and I can see why, Yeah. but there's no flavor to this. But also, everyone has to get along if everyone could just leave at any time, right? Because if it's in the minds of the people, well, we don't really belong here, and then therefore we can just go anywhere at any time. Well, you've got to make it kind of so that anyone could be there. And that's the difference. Because in like this is this was something I felt very profoundly when I was over there. Is that the people just occupy the land, they don't possess it. You know? Because in England, like the people in Yorkshire possess Yorkshire. Like they this is theirs. This is our territory. And it's been theirs for a long time and they've stamped themselves all over the landscape in the traditions, in the culture, in the buildings in the way that the land is divvied up, all these sorts of things. It is a genuine sort of ownership of the land in England. Whereas in America, it really felt that it was just like, well, I'm just here until I get a job offer somewhere else and I'm going. And mm. it, it, like, th there was no... Did you find less of that in Virginia or not? Well, I was going to say, actually, the only place in America that I've been to where I didn't feel that, and even felt that in sort of Salt Lake City, you know, the only place in America that I've been to that I didn't feel that was Virginia and Maryland where people felt like they were kind of of the land, right? Because they felt... I mean, for example, I, I went to um, Brunswick, which is just a tiny town. It's like five, 7,000 people. And it's suffering from the same ailments as any modern town. You know, the, 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 I went down the high street, it was all just shut down, you know. Um, but I, I, I walked in there, because obviously I didn't have a car, and this was a small area, so there was no Uber. Right? So I, I had to walk around. 
And there was a cemetery there that I went past. And so I had to walk around the cemetery. And this was very, very well kept. So it was very nice. You know, in England, we used to graveyards being basically overgrown and falling down because oh. they're 500 years old. Um, and there were, there were some old, you know, some boomers. In there. It was just locals who were just coming down to like tend to a grave or something like that. And I, I just had a chat with them. And they, they were very proud to tell me that the cemetery was over 100 years old. It was like in, installed in 1910 or something. Oh, wow. Well, no, no. I, and to no, honest, I, I feel like it's, it's yeah. when you hear them, you do get appreciation for why they think that. And you're like, you know, a very nice view. When you see something from the 1800s, even it, you, because it's American, you're like, oh, it's from the 1800s. Yeah, that's old for these guys. But you know, and, when they boast about it, and it's just like... Well, they weren't boasting. They, 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 were, they were proud that they had something that had lasted for over 100 years, mm. right? And that's the right attitude. It's just young. You know, so like, you know, and in 200 years time, this will actually be a venerable cemetery. We've been here for 400 years. Yeah, exactly. They'll, yeah. they'll start to become an old country with time. Exactly. And so you could see the roots beginning to grow of the possession of the place. And it did feel like, the, you know, the, the, the houses, like in Miami, right, everything felt like it was just degrading. When you got up close to things, you could see just all, all the scratch marks, all the chips, the, the peeling paint, you know, like nothing felt well tended. But in Virginia, all of the houses were really well kept because they were obviously individually owned houses that you know a family had owned for a couple of generations or something. Right? Is this a city rural thing though or not? Undoubtedly, there's a part of the city rural distinction here. There's undoubtedly a part of it. But it, so what, what I'm saying, there are areas in America, like, and I'm sure there are areas in you know California and wherever else where it is like the city rural distinction. But it, like the the cities just felt like nomad zones. And I really didn't like them. I would never want to live in them. No, but in 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 uh, Brunswick, like you could tell, people liked living in the place, and it felt very homely and normal. And people weren't impersonal or in, unfamiliar. And so, like, just some random Englishman turns up in this tiny town. That, you know, I could see. You know, when I started talking, I could see they were, oh, hello. You know, what are you doing here? Where have you come from? And, and, you know, I'd have a conversation, oh, I'm from England, you know, and they're like, oh, right, how are you enjoying our town? And I was like, oh, it's lovely, you know, blah, blah, blah. I've, you know, I'd always compliment them on the thing, because it was nice. It was much, you know, there was personal investment. Well, there's never a small town you find, you go, ugh. Yeah, exactly, right, because there's personal investment in it, right? Whereas the big cities, I can see the degradation in them. Like, still, you know, this sort of dirt on the pavement and the peeling paint and... Well, the random crackhead who's walking around. Yeah. The, I mean, the drug problem and the mental health problem is so much more visible. To be fair, in Miami, I actually didn't see much homelessness. Oh, fair enough. Right, which was great, you know. But you always hear about it in America, and I never yeah. saw it, and then we went in the cities, and I'm like... Uh, oh, yeah, it's in, a, it's in California. It's really bad in California. Sure, but even in upstate New York, in the city, sure. like you go and you see some guy digging through trash. Yeah. Or some other guy who's just like, it's 11 at night, what's he doing? Yeah, I see. He's just running around in the street, I'm like... Yeah, I was kind of alarmed by it in Dallas as well, to be honest. But, um, but yeah, so the, the difference between, like, you know, the Virginia countryside and the... Florida City uh, was very palpable and I I really found myself not liking Miami like I mean Luke, Luke Radowski took me out to the suburbs of Miami which was nice where it's like just you know it's just literally miles of single story houses with about you know 300 meters no little shop house. between them yeah no little shop or anything like that and so everyone's got their own little island that they park up on I mean you could literally like if you took away everything that wasn't road, it could literally be like that, where you just get in your car, and like a boat or something on the ocean, you know, where it's like, it's just a little island, you get off, and here's my little house. And they're nice houses, you know, but they're, you know, little single-story houses, 
with a little bit of land, but it's all little islands and no, I you know, and I asked him, do you know your neighbours? Oh, no. Why would he? Why would he know his neighbours? Okay, well, I don't know my neighbours either, to be honest. So, I, you know, I'm not saying that I'm not suffering from this kind of problem because I'm a kind of recent implant on the estate that I live on. But, like, it just felt very weird. But it was much nicer because it was quiet. You know, it's, fa- you know, families in their homes and stuff. But there weren't kids playing in the streets and stuff like that. I mean, I did see that in, yeah. in the suburb I went to. Um, I think that's a, that's a bit unusual, though. Hmm. The segregation, can we talk about that? We can talk about the segregation. That's very visible. Go on. Because like, I know people have spoken about it, but you yeah. definitely, you go into the cities and you notice, oh, black people. I forgot yeah. about them. Yeah. And genuinely, like, you'd go and meet them um, in stores or um, in the occasional cleaner or something like that. Mm. And I'd always feel like, I would, because of all the politics we're aware of in America, I kind of felt a bit weird when I had a black cleaner, just because I was like, is she going to think I'm, I'm, I'm in the wrong or something? Because she's cleaning for me? The little voice that's stupid in the back of your head. So if it helps, there's, a, there's an easy out in this. Um, I did uh, a university talk with Hunter Avalone. You just got in English. Yeah, you just yeah. got in English. Then, <laughs> don't then worry, they, I'm not American. I, yeah, then, then they think, oh, he's a foreigner, don't worry about it. He's one of us. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Which, that's a weird It's, it's a to, kind of weird response. So yeah, just, just say that you're English and they'll be like, oh, okay, don't worry about it. You don't understand. Because we notice. don't understand. Yeah, but you do, you do definitely know. So like, yeah. you guys live in the city. Why? Because, I mean, if you were over here and in Canada and everywhere else, yeah. huge amounts of immigration, and in this example, it's Indians, so you go and meet them and you understand, okay, you live in the sea because you've just turned up, you're trying to yeah. make money and then go and buy a place. But you guys have been living here for hundreds of years. Yeah. Why the hell well, are you still living in this? Because of the end of slavery, they fled the south and they fled to the northern cities. But it's been generations even since like redlining and segregation are gone. Yes, um, but I think that once you grow up in the cities, you become used to this, right? So the, they, they, because I mean, like the blacks in America used to be rural people, and now they're city people. They've, you know, they've they've changed. Sure, but it's the worst possible thing they could do with them life. Oh yeah, I think being in the cities is terrible. You know, like having your own land in the countryside would have been way better for you. But something like three percent of American farmers are black. It's really, really low, mm. like pe- peculiarly low. Um, and so, you know, what can you do about it? But what, one thing I noticed, I mean, like when I was in Virginia and Maryland, didn't see any black people. It was all white Europeans. So Even in the city? Even, yeah, yeah. And just okay. in, in the town, in the countryside, it's all sort of white Europeans of, you know, descent. You know, yeah. Ameri- but, the, but that whole thing about like, oh, segregation is worse in America. I'd heard about it. Yeah, but it's definitely a, but it's a free choice as well. Yes, that's the thing, and it's it's not universal either. Because I mean, in Miami is a Latin city, or like almost every single person I met in Miami was Latin. You, were, you mean Catholic or no? As in, sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, as in from South America or Mexico. Oh right, like, yeah. Like uh, the, you know, I met loads of Cubans, and they were really cool and interesting and. and you know, funny. <laughs> Just like, uh, means a different thing, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Brazilians, <laughs> other South Americans, but everyone in Miami, right? And there's, it, there was a weird, obvious stratification effect in Miami as well. There, there were a few black people, obviously, who were doing service jobs. Most of them had Spanish names. You know, one is going to pick you up on the Uber or, you know, whatever it is. But there were also lots of Jewish names on the buildings. Like, you know, this is the Rubenstein... Mm you know, car manufacturing or whatever it was, you know, it's just driving around. So it'd be these big Jewish names and then just a big Latin sort of service class 
under it. it like, I can see much more why you'd become a left-wing American and yeah. believe in this racial mindset. Yeah. I, I can see how it's much easier to believe because that's all you know. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's palpable around you as well. Even though it's complete free will, Yeah. these stereotypes have, have still stuck about somehow yeah. for all these years, the, decades. Yeah. That's like, so, it, but there's, there's an interesting contrast when I went to Dallas. Dallas is not like the average American city that I've been to um, because I met lots of people in Dallas who are from Dallas and quite an even mix of black and white as well, and little Hispanic. So most of, like, for example, Uber drivers were a great example because I had to take loads of Ubers everywhere. And so every day I'm taking like four or five Ubers to get around. And so the names of all the Uber drivers were Anglo names. Now, the, the Uber drivers, of course, were not all Anglo people. Like, you know, half of them are black, half of them are white. Um, but it, the fact that it was white Anglo stock Americans and Anglo, anglicized blacks who were driving me around was very interesting. So this felt more like old world America. And there were lots, there were black people around, but they, like, I never, I never felt like there was the sort of segregation in Dallas that you're talking about elsewhere, right? Because it was, and maybe it's the kind of Southern culture where it's like long settled, like long established that yes, we have blacks around. This is not strange. Yeah, it did feel way healthier in Florida. It right, and it, it, it's this kind of accustomed, so they're accustomed to things. And so you know, the, the the blacks I met in Dallas were in no way different culturally to the whites. They just sounded and acted exactly the same. And I got the same response when I said, "Oh, Dallas is definitely, I think, my favorite American city," and I think it is right. And it was more because the people there were happy. Like in Miami, people look really serious as if they're under a lot of pressure and if they really didn't enjoy being in the place that they were in. Like everyone who opened, who, who served me a meal or like, you know, opened a door or, you know, was just doing anything, just a somber look on their face, which is really weird. The first actual laugh I heard from anyone in America, a like proper throaty laugh, was the old, old dear who was running the diner in Maryland next to where we were staying. She was the first person who had a proper like happy demeanor and genuine laugh and I was like God, I've been here for nearly a week and it struck me that's the first actual laugh of like carefree jovial laugh that I've heard and you know I went to Dallas and Dallas was actually quite similar like it was it was happy you know the people there were just really nice and polite and just friendly and just didn't feel like the impersonal you know excuse me sir you need to move to the side now sir you know they'd be like oh excuse me can you excuse me darling or something like that mm. you know can you and so it was like right okay so there's a the kind of American tourist you get when you're in England, yes. So you meet some American, and they're weirdly polite, and yeah. leave lots of money, and blah blah blah. The the things we say about them, yeah. Where it's the yeah exactly. Because I, I had a similar situation where I met some people who were just like the myth, yeah. And I was like, this is America now, yeah. And I, exactly, I, when I was in Miami, I didn't feel like I was an American. But the thing is, I didn't feel like I was in a South American city either necessarily, even though it was very Latin. You know, there were lots of people speaking Spanish around me. I felt that the Latin areas would have been more friendly than Miami. So that's the thing, like, again, just everyone seemed just serious, man. And I didn't like it, it put me on edge. Whereas when I went to Dallas, like, I had lots of people, again, of all colors, uh, being very friendly. I was like, oh, Dallas is a really nice city. And they would all say the same thing. Oh, it's Southern hospitality. We value Southern hospitality here. And I was like, great, keep it up. You know, don't let them take it away from you because this is a lovely social texture that exists in Dallas. And so, like, I met, literally about two dozen people in Dallas who were from Dallas who were like because I'd asked them you know 
oh, I've been here longer than that. Oh, born and raised here, you know. Didn't happen in Miami. You know, it didn't happen in California when I was out there. I mean, probably did in New York, but I didn't really, I tried not to talk to people in New York because New York's a scary place. Upstate New York seems way nicer I, yeah, than what I, I've heard about. I, I was talking about the city itself. Yeah, they, I tried to ask them, so who do you hate? Because it's such an old world thing, oh, we have rivalries with some yeah, other country yeah. and we hate them and we hate the, the Scottish and the French mm. and blah, blah, blah. Nothing. I was like, well, New York City at least. You must hate New York City. You're New York Upper State. You get bunged in with them. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, they're kind of crazy, but, you know, they're fine. What? They do you live like this. But awful. Also, are they fine? Like, <sighs> I'm sorry. I like, you know. yeah. But, I mean, in Buffalo, for example, it's, it's yeah. kind of a bit of a meme, though. So I don't know how much of a weird experience I got there. Mm. It's called the City of Good Neighbors. The Buffalo Bills they're obsessed with in a friendly way that's inhuman. Right. For example, it snows massively. So the yeah. place filled up with snow. And random Buffalo neighbors went to the players' houses and shoveled them out so they could go to practice. Not even a game. That's nice. It's insane. It's quite mad. No one would ever do that to David Beckham. Like, been snowing quick. Shovel out the team. Probably not. To watch the full video, please become a premium member at lotuseaters.com.